Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I am your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about Ninja Scroll, or better known as Wind Ninja Chronicles, Jube Nimbucho. I didn't know it had another name. I just thought it was uh, Ninja Scroll, although it makes a whole lot more sense with the other title. Uh, yes, it does. Simply because Ninja Scroll, I think the only scroll parchment throughout the whole thing was towards the end and it <laughs> yeah, was where they were asking for help yeah and and she scribbles on this little parchment piece of paper scroll rolls it up into a scroll tosses it up to a bird a falcon and there it goes i think that's the only time we actually ever see paper like scroll <laughs> yeah i mean that's true th- there's paper laying around and things like that but it's eh. well, anyway closer to the end there, there's a there's writing on the wall i guess that could be considered poster but it's not ninja poster yeah no it's not so so it originally came out in 1993. Uh, it was by the studio. And it looks House. like it too. Well, actually, no. I mean, like it looks like it should be older than 93. Personally, I, I felt the animation was a lot cleaner in Akira, and that was a lot. Well, that was older. That was five years older. Really? I, I for some reason I thought Ninja Scroll came out after the fact. Uh, I was sorry, but before um, Akira, I thought Akira came out like 99. This was 93. No, no, Akira came out in 88. Oh, I should know this. We've talked about this before. We did. <laughs> we we most certainly did. Uh, yeah. Um, the producers uh, was Movic, but uh, Manga Entertainment and Sentai Filmworks were both licensors of it. And it's... I, I rarely find something that, that Manga Entertainment licenses that I am a big fan of or that I th- thoroughly enjoy. Simply because their animation, the animation that they do tend to be, I don't know, a little, a little, uh shadowy. Okay. I was going to say a little bit on the older side, like a little uh, I'm not going to use the term underdeveloped but it, it's it's along those lines. Um, what I've noticed is everyone has very stern faces and they're all very serious and very, I guess, morbid um, and kind of for lack of a better term, uh, the masculine side of all the animation is is emphasized. Yeah. Uh, the genres of this uh, fall under adventure historical horror, although I don't really get horror from it. Uh, supernatural, romance, samurai, fantasy, and shonen. I, I would even okay. toy a long, toy a little bit with etchy, just a bit because of the. You think so? Because of the nudity in it. That's. I mean. Mm. I, I, it kind of border. I honestly, I mean, like it has more nudity than it has romance in this, and they're classifying it <laughs> romance. Fair, <so>. fair, <laughs> fair. However, however, well, there is no however. Yeah, um, this is a rated R movie by oh, all, all day. means. Uh, every day, all day. 
do not watch this with the little ones, but because this is uh, this oh, insinuates or, rape. It has gore. It's yeah, brutal. I was gonna say or do, but be prepared to cover their eyes and ears. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no, still, still, I'm gonna take that out. No, don't do it because it's it's. I would say like the youngest that I'd recommend watching this would be like maybe 17, only because of the concepts. So you don't want to mess up a younger generation. Yeah. The, now, one of the interesting things that I really found in this is. They they took an interesting approach to uh, poison tasting in the sense that one of the main characters, Kagero, her body is poisonous. Uh, and what they said was they uh, that she needed to stay behind initially at the beginning because they were going to go check this area that, quote unquote, had the plague and they were going to go investigate it. And they told her and her name is uh, the other ninja had told Kagero that she needed to stay behind, that she... Could couldn't go with them because she needs to be there to make sure that the Lord doesn't get poisoned. And she, her comment was, he's not here. There's no reason for me to be here. So I don't have to test for poison. And then she, she cuts her hair for some reason. I, it's supposed to symbolize something, but it, it's lost on me. Uh, I would assume that it symbolizes her, her resolve to go through it. So that way the hair doesn't get in her way because it's short, shorter. So that way she can move through. There was, there was a lot of symbolism in this movie that I just, I, I didn't grasp. I understood that there was an importance behind these actions. I just don't know what that action, what, what the importance was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but going back to the movie, um, they go and it's not a pretty sight. They realize that it's not poison or it's not a plague, um, mainly because they don't make it to the, the town. <laughs> yeah, they don't they, even they find anything intercepted out. on the way. Yeah, they all die brutally, except for her, for uh, Kagero. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he eventually dies brutally too, like bad. No, Kagero is the girl. Kagero. Oh, my bad. Yeah, she survives, but the dude who told her to stay behind, um, he survives too, just barely. Um, kind of gruesome, and it it, it was really kind of cool. The attention to detail they did. I realize it's not um, a big step to to miss, but when they're jumping through the trees, they've got this double bladed weapon that's thrown like a boomerang. And when it hits anything, including trees, it just obliterates these full grown tree trunks. And yeah, it was it was impressive. Yeah. And what's interesting about all these uh, other ninja that were actually attacking them, the enemies, uh, they all have unique or special abilities, kind of like Kagero has. So the one that was throwing the double blades like it was a boomerang. His other ability was basically making his body as hard as stone or even harder than that so that he couldn't yeah. be stabbed or cut or anything. Another one. Well, anywhere that it was of that particular material that his body turns to. OK, I was going to say, because he loses an eye. Yeah. In a spectacular fashion. Right. But I'm jumping ahead a few minutes. No, it's it's all good. Um, so he does lose anyway, an eye she, in very spectacular fashion. Um, uh, uh, but honestly, when he, before even that point, when he catches Kagero's brother, I'm assuming, and he rips the arms off of the guy where I was like, felt like, you know, this is a little too much or that guy would really get sick is when he's holding up. I mean, like, honestly, there's not going to be that much blood in the arm, but he's yeah, holding the so arm up and he's like looking at her 
guzzling the blood pouring out of the arm. And it's like, yeah, it was extremely extremely primal and and just this is where the horror comes in. I just realized that's that's horrific. Imagine being her. You just saw someone rip someone's arm off and now they're consuming and, and they have such little concern about you attacking them or you even getting away that they're taking their time and just taking unnecessary steps just to strike fear. Yeah. And so she obviously tries to run away and doesn't. Somehow this guy can turn into a stone, still be super ripped and still be super fast and quiet. Yeah. So he's like a ninja plus. Ninja plus so, plus. Yeah, ninja plus plus. Uh, so he goes, captures her, takes her back to his little hidey hole or shrine. I, I think go, it might be a shrine. A random shrine and okay. that's when we first or not first meet, but when she first meets Jubei. Now we already met Jubei from the very beginning when he's walking, <laughs> eating a rice ball. Talk about an entrance. Yeah. And he's, you know, getting talked smack to and he just totally kicks butt. Yeah. Three mercenaries come to try to stop him from from returning a sword and he just he's eating a rice ball and they're like how dare you leave us empty handed and his response is just the coolest well if you want you can hold my rice ball yeah and then they all attack and he just he kills two people the third one's honestly kind of cool he, he's for lack of a better per word a, a smaller person hiding in the structure of a bigger person like it's an exoskeleton like uh made out of wood. iron man style yeah uh, you know super super um primitive but this little guy's in an exoskeleton that makes him look like a, a taller more imposing person with a gun and he like iron man fires a gun out of the palm of his hand and uh, Jubei just like slices everything and he jumps out of the suit and you realize, no, that wasn't his hand. That was the butt of a gun or that, that was the barrel of a gun that he was holding. Yeah. <laughs> it was comical and just awesome all at the same time because the little man is is just like in a thong underwear thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he, he does, he's supposedly already dressed and everything. He doesn't need the, all the extra clothing. True, uh, but that true. is great. A great entrance for him. Yeah. It, it shows that he's not an idiot. He's thoughtful because he gives his reasons for doing what he did. Tells them that they're fools for thinking that they could get more money, which is what they wanted. And it shows that he has skill and that he's oh, that we didn't, he we didn't, he's not even a fool. We didn't even talk about the money. So they they the little guy who he's left alive was like, "Did you really take this job for twenty um, whatever it was? I, I don't know the denomination, but." 20 whatever money they have and he goes yeah i did they're like you know you could get 300 for that right and he goes it's a small village they can't afford it you're dumb if you think you can even try and it was yeah, just like you were saying it was really good for showing his character and and sets it all up and that's basically from there on we already covered what happens with the ninja the other ninja and everything else and the plague and then investigating, but and Mr. Rockman goes out and he's he's basically like raping her, and she wakes up and he holds her by the throat and says, "Look, this is happening one of two ways, and hey, a dead girl might be a good lay too." Yeah, and, and so, so she just Jubei gets up, is noticed at that point too because yeah, she's just sitting in the corner. Up. And he tells him to get lost, you know, and so Jubei just like comes over and nonchalantly squats down and he's like, I'm trying to get to this area. Can you tell me which way it is? 
and and uh, yeah. that's when big big guns there tries to slice him <laughs> with and- his double. Oh oh, that's kind of cool. It was a double bladed sword, so kind of like a yeah. You didn't you didn't notice that? It, it just occurred to me. It was like uh you know uh, Darth Maul and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah but, I just but, thought it was like uh, a, a throwable weapon, but no, that was a double bladed sword that he could throw like a boom or ring. We're not going to go into the physics of things because why? It's, it's an anime. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he he at that point he makes the remark that the guy uh, he's like, I wonder if uh, your whole body's that hard, and that's when he gets stabbed in the eye. And it's not even by Jubei, it's by the girl that stabs him in the eye. Really? No, I thought Jubei threw stuff and she stabbed him in the arm and it broke. He threw stuff no, like you a know what? You're right, you're right. Yeah, he did. He did throw a uh, throw something and stab him in the eye and she's and really tried cool stabbing him in the arm before and because when he was going to rape her he he became normal flesh and blood I mean like honestly I'll, I'll tell you this right now how the guy was trying to kiss her and everything like that was a little weird he was basically kissing her cheek with her whole face he, he was much much larger doesn't even cover this <laughs> man's size like literally <laughs> he is basically taking her whole head in his mouth. Yeah, like he's trying to kiss her, but he ends up like, I don't know, like like covering her nose and mouth and everything and else. It reminded it's me weird. of like when a dog's trying to, to kiss a baby or a baby's trying to kiss a dog and they end up like just putting their whole mouth all over the nose and stuff. And it was just like, this is way worse as far as the optics go. But yeah, he was not, not at all small. anything. No. And as they move through, you know, obviously she's able to escape with him having being stabbed in the eye. Yeah, they both run. They both run. And at that point, he gets to an area where he's like, all right, well, this is where I need to go. And she tells him where to go. And he just starts walking away. He's like deuces. He just he's out. And and that's yeah. something that I really enjoy. He really he doesn't want to be involved with anything. He just wants to kind of move around and not be there. And she she the, has this really overwhelming sense of duty. And and when you find out, like after he finally walks away, that's when her front, her very cold, hardened front really falls. And that's where you feel the humanity portion of it, because she breaks down and starts crying because of the act that had just happened. She was just fine. Violated. And she lost, uh, we assume, her family. So she eventually makes her way back to the feudal lord, I think, was what we can call him. Because he's not the shogun. He's, um, uh, he's the chamberman or chamberlain, chamberlain. I forget what they okay. call him. So Thank, she makes they, it back he, to him to, he, yeah, to and, make her report and he's busy having sex with somebody. And like mid-stroke, he stops and goes, what do you want? And he listens and then he continues having sex and then gives his remarks back, completely not caring about her, what just happened. It was a, a nuisance to him almost. Yeah. And you're like, wow, since when did human life become so little? Well, unappreciated. I mean, like a little, small, unappreciated. Yeah, so, I, I, I can completely understand that. I really can. And it just shows that he's in the position to where he doesn't care about anyone at all. And so she, with her order, she actually, she goes back out and she's trying to find this village and, you know, actually give a report on what's happening. But Jubei, while all that's going on, he's getting blackmailed by being poisoned and... And uh, he's like, hey, man, I'll pay you a hundred Rio if you uh, come work for me. He's like, nah, I'm good. I just want to go. Well, 
about that. You're poisoned, yeah. so you either do this or you're dead. <laughs> well, shit. So the guy we're talking about is this little old Asian dude who witnessed the attempted rape and the fight. And when they were running away, uh, he witnessed everything. He, he witnesses he, that. And he also witnessed uh, Jubei fighting the, fight. the stone man again because it's... Yeah, so the stone man finds him and attacks and just that's royally just wrecks. When you find out, that's when you find out really uh, that there's something off about her because the monk says, you didn't beat him all by yourself. You had help from her as he's walking away. He says it right then because while he's while Jubei's fighting him, the stone and everything starts breaking on him and that's when he really becomes weakened to be able to yeah. get attacked. He does an aerial slice after the dude threw the boomerang thing. Boomerang thing comes back and knocks him in the head. The cool part about that fight that I thought at the very end was that even with the double blade in his in his head stuck, he still tried to like forehead butt Jubei and unfortunately just well, he dodged and well, fortunately he dodged but he, the, what I the don't act. understand all right is he grabs him right not not so much to try and and headbutt him but grabs him by the head or the face mm-hmm. and then when he falls down and he's dead they remove his hand the same hand that he had grabbed on to Jubei with and where yeah. the palm was was a perfect imprint of his face yeah so did, did his took, hand it, just like absorb the the facial structure of him and then he just like sit there and and pulsated it into the ground. I mean, that honestly, so, I'd make a hell of a lot more money doing that than being a goon. <laughs> I'm just saying. You want a statue? Boom. There you go. Done. Uh, but, no, the, the way that I, I literally thought about it maybe 20 minutes ago before we started. And yeah, so when he grabbed him, it was t- for two things to try to kill him, but then also like soften his hand and then harden his hand again right around his face to get the mold. And as he was dying, as the last, he slammed his hand into the ground, which created that mold. And I think that was something that was, it, it was known prior in, in the stone man's group that if something like that would happen, he has that ability because why else would the the snake lady move the hand to find the face? And when the snake lady comes in um, to the picture, Jubei's like relaxing himself after the fight in a sauna or in a, in a, a pool, if you will, rips out a tooth, sits down and she starts hypnotizing him. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. And, and that's right before when he, he gets poisoned yeah, right before shuriken. he sinks down under the, the hypnosis if you would call it the little Asian dude hits him with a shuriken that was poisoned and snaps him out of it you know yeah so that's when he gets blackmailed and yeah it, it just Ugh. really kind of goes downhill from there for him because he's he's, he's basically forced to he do is. this and that's one of the interesting things that I really find about this is that he he's being forced to do something but he's still able, even while he's being forced, to kind of uh, hold on to his um, integrity, to his his uh, code of his honor. Morals. Yeah, his morals. Yeah. And um, that really just kind of shows his true character all the way throughout. Even when he comes across uh, the girl again, Kagero, uh, he even then, even how he's treating her, how he's interacting with her, how he's talking to her, he's not talking to her like she's some ninja, some poison taster, some some random charlatan or anything like that. He treats her like a woman. He treats her with dignity and respect. He he says, "Look, you can't be hanging around. You need to go. Don't worry." Just, just go away 
And he really just all the way throughout really shows this emotion. Genuine care for other people. Exactly. And he, he doesn't really even, I would say, want to do the the spy, who, who, the little old Asian man. He became, you find out later, he's a spy for the Shogun. And well, you find job out around to, the same time that he's actually being blackmailed. He calls him out on it. Yeah, but he's he's a, a show. He's basically a, a spy for the government, if you will. And the shadow of the Brotherhood, I think that's what they call him. Um, Shogun of the Dark. Shogun of the Dark. There you go. Sorry. And the eight beat, the eight demons that he's got. He finds out, or uh, Jubei finds out that one of the demons is the um, leader is Genma, and Genma, Genma yeah. was, was someone that killed. Jubei supposedly had killed personally, chopping yeah. off his head. Wow. Very vividly remembers it. Yes. This is a thing that actually happened. Yes. Now the reason that we'll he get into killed that. him, huh? We'll get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's when he starts to take this mission to heart, if you will. He didn't really care about it before. He was just like, well, I have a job to do. Fine, whatever. But when he's told this information, that's when it really... It's like, I need to check this out. And while they're traveling, he's like, he can't be alive. He has to be dead. I remember killing him. I remember killing him. And it's, you know, I mean, like, honestly, if I had chopped off a guy's head, I'd be dead certain I killed him. I don't know about you. Chopped the head off and it went flying. It wasn't like one of those ones where you you chop it off and it'll fall off eventually. No, like horseback riding, chop your head off. Your head goes flying 20-ish feet away. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't even a close call. It was just done. And somehow he was able to pull himself back together, so to speak. Yeah. And they um, so they actually find out while they're fighting the other eight demons, one of them who has bees in his body, which is a little weird. A human beehive. Yeah. A wasp's nest or whatever. Yeah. Um, he says, um, well, I can't resurrect like Genma. And so he brings it up to the old man and the old man actually goes into some detail about this. And he goes, yeah, uh, that's a technique that supposedly never exists. You, he basically is immortal because you, you have control all the way down to your very cell as to what you could do. So decapitated head, limbs, crushed body, doesn't matter. You're able to come back. You're, you're yeah. basically immortal. And it's weird because you're like the way everybody moves was was loosely based out of reality so you're thinking like ninjutsu and stuff like that it's a bit far-fetched however the old man can turn into a tree (laughs) for disguise kind of well, he, I think he's the, more along the lines of a chameleon. He doesn't turn into a tree. He grabs a branch to make it look like he's part of the tree. You're right. He does have a branch in his mouth. Maybe that's it. Yeah. He's but, able to. Okay, that makes sense. So you've got the guy with the beehive or, or wasp nest on his back. You've got a guy that just uh, can sink into the shadows. You've got a lady that can is an explosions expert, but you know on other people. She'll sew you up and make you blow up that way. Um, you've got uh, an electrocution guy. You've got Genma who can self resurrect direct. Um, am I missing any? Aside from the stone dude that died and same thing with Snake Lady. Uh, yeah, that's about everyone. Okay. So he also... Oh, no, you R-rated. got that blind guy who dies in a very unmiraculous oh. way. So... I thought he was the electrocution dude. No, no, no. He's not the electrocution guy. That's the guy with the wire. The one that's... Uh, 
super obsessed. Oh, uh, Yuri Maru is right. the one who's uh, the electrocution guy. Gotcha. Yep, you're right. I apologize. That that is that is one guy I missed. The blind dude who essentially uses sound as his attack. He's, or, or, he as, dies as his in a thing. pretty unmiraculous way. Yeah, he gets stabbed. So like, he's not special. He, he, he. I mean, like it built. I felt like I was let down right there. They built it up like it was supposed to be this great fight. He's right there. They're fighting a little bit. And then he has his sword up and the other, and he just like goes straight in for a center stab and he's just, oh, oh that wasn't supposed well, to be there. I, thought, I mean, I thought he I thought he came down with a sword and hit the hit another sword. Uh, like the one that was um, the lady, uh, the one that she the lady got stuck in the bamboo. Yeah, I guess. But no, I agree. I mean, he, he, he got stabbed. You're like, well, that sucked. That was like kind of a kind of a letdown. <laughs> well, considering letdown. you've got explosions and and like people devolving into snakes and yeah you gotta throw one one regular guy out there yeah so, you, you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have the guy with you gotta, you gotta have your own daredevil in there you know well so. he, he definitely was that so um but he didn't survive like daredevil does no no he doesn't not even a little bit you know i um i have a question for you sir and this is kind of off topic but uh remember right. like he was tearing out his tooth just like nonchalantly yeah. just pulls tooth out after that uh fight yeah after the stone man fight yeah i wonder how many times he's done that just like randomly i don't know because every single time <laughs> i don't know because every single time you see him talking before he's got no missing teeth he's like a shark just grows that thing back he's you like know. oh i'm gonna be a fighter when i grow up so i should get this ability yeah and it's not like he was reaching far it's not like he was reaching far back either it was like pretty pretty close up where he was reaching yeah, it, was it was like, like a mid-molar yeah, should have seen something. I mean, like, eh. <laughs> right. He just pulls it out. Like, I mean, like when he pulls it out, it's not like it's broken or anything like that either. It's like the whole yeah, tooth. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, it was going to come out anyway. Yeah. And I was thinking he can talk perfectly fine. He can eat perfectly fine. Like if it was me and that happened to me, I think I'd spend most of the movie just tonguing my my missing tooth going. That doesn't feel. Huh. I'd be distracted. Does he eat after the rice ball? I don't think so. Um, I don't think I they eat. The did. only one that does anything any consumption at all is uh Kagero when she's testing the water for poison that's true that's true i mean like there's no point in him eating anyways i mean like his timeline was like what a day two and days. a half a day yeah, and a night it was it was two total days um eh. but anyway yeah so he's eh. he's poisoned right and the little asian dude the, the 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 spy was like the only way you can get rid of your poison is by sleeping with her actually she do- he doesn't tell her that oh wait, that. so she he the asian dude told her that yeah he told her that okay and he doesn't even say it to her you just see her reaction to it like after what's already been said has been said and that's when she gets <laughs> captured now how she gets hypnotized by a shadow ninja there is yeah. a bewilderment on me because the dude first of all is super creepy takes yeah, out the shadow know, guy he has a super long creepily long tongue and yeah, his nails his nails are just as creepy and long and sharp and so they show her in this red setting with these shadows and this is I don't care for that style of animation how he hypnotizes her is by licking his fingers and then slobbering slobbering <laughs> slobbering doesn't even do it justice I mean like it is just drenched where it's like he gagged on his own fingers and threw up sl- uh, saliva all over him and sticks him up or hoo-ha alright sticks him right there in the, the envelope well that's how I hypnotize people I mean I mean uh, yeah at that point, I think, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I've personally never done that and said, I need you to kill this person that you've been traveling with. And they do it. Fair. I mean, fair. It's, it, I mean, like that's next level. Yeah. No, I, I do think that was a little gratuitous as far as what was not necessarily acceptable. What was needed for that scene? It, it was, it was too much in my personal opinion. I could have done without that. Yeah. Maybe like a pinprick behind the ear or something like that. To like something else. You know, something but else. It didn't need to be, it didn't need to be, I'm going to basically molest you and you will become my slave because I'm going to hypnotize you with my creepy antics. Yeah. And what's even weirder is the second he dies. Now, in that fight, Jimbe, or, uh, what's his name? Jube. Jube. I don't know why I said Jimbe. So Jube throws his sword at a shadow where the chain's coming out and stabs him in the back. Like that yeah, is and very he, anticlimactic for a supposed assassin. Yeah, he falls out and then falls down onto the sword, stabbing him even more. Yeah. So. so we have two very anticlimactic. We actually have a lot of anticlimactic deaths. The only one that wasn't anticlimactic <laughs> was the first one. And that was it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. The last battle was kind of very climactic. So the I mean, first, the last battle left me with a lot of questions of uh, reality and how it works. <laughs> so the man turning a stone and still fighting had, had you just, oh, yeah, that's normal. Well, you know, I mean, like with the end, the because uh, Jin uh, Jube uh, is on the ship and Genma is trying to get away and he's like, I'm going to be the bad man of them all. You know, he gets on there. Yeah. Anyways, before he even gets on the ship, you find out that Genma was that old creepy guy that was uh, uh, having his way with the mistress while uh, Kagero came and gave a report. You find out that uh, yeah, that was Genma the whole time. He's like, yeah, he's been dead for a long time. Yeah. Now, what's really cool is, I guess it comes with the ability to. Um, well, when you have control your cells, I guess. But he changes his face. He changes his weight. He changes his muscle structure and that's how he started looking like the the, the shogunate or uh, what, what would we say the chiefman or chieftain uh chamberlain 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 yeah so yeah. he becomes a chamberlain by by physically altering everything and when he reverts back he goes from this to a face structure to a gooey mess to a rock hard other facial structure complete with scars now i should probably ask this because it it, it annoyed me so much if you have the ability to manipulate your cells and everything why would you leave a scar to remind you of what happened there's no such thing as mirrors in this whole thing how would you see the scar because of reasons <laughs> exactly well you hang, on, hang on vain. let me counter right. that with this he's able to change his whole body and everything like that right does that yeah. include the giant metal armor arm that he has i mean like does that include that too i mean like that's not part of him it Technically, should have never morphed or changed with him. It, he should have been a, a fat old man riding around with something that is way too large and long for his left you arm. Know, you know, maybe, maybe just like the dude who can change his shit into sword. Maybe he's like, I just need this metal. So I'm going to change my, my, my physical, my, 
my, my arm into, you know, like a cyborg arm for... Well, it wasn't even a cyborg reasons. arm. It, it was just armor on his arm. But he never took it off, so it could have technically been his own stuff. Yeah, but you saw daily, underneath it and that it was oh, a normal yeah. arm. So... You know what? He's paying attention to detail. He is a perfectionist. Okay. All right. All right. You know what? We'll go with that. We'll go with he's a perfectionist. Um, oh, but God. when he... When he before he even changed his back, that's when he st- stabs a Kagero. Poor girl. Yeah. Poor girl. She, she gets the short end of the stick on everything except the sword, apparently. Because yeah. he stabs her straight through the chest, which should have been like an instant fatality. Because if you do any kind of anatomy, that was straight through her heart. Yeah. But she yeah. survives just long enough to offer herself to no. Jubei. No, she offered herself before that. She offered herself oh. after Jubei had unhypnotized her from oh, uh, right. man's magic <laughs> after she stabbed him yeah yeah and she's Ugh. like he wakes up she strips naked she goes yeah old ma- old creepy monk over there he told me poison cancels out poison because that's a real thing and so in order yeah. for you not to die you have to sleep with me because i am poisonous and he just like holds <laughs> her he's like walks away and so no, he when, kisses her no he doesn't he doesn't yeah. even kiss her not there no he does no he doesn't he kisses not her there. when she's on her deathbed oh okay after she's he after she gets stabbed she's over there she's like i wish you would have slept with me whether it was out of pity or something else yeah like yeah yeah i mean like i guess i get that i mean like she would have finally been able to have sex and the dude not die yeah the dude's now better off because of it rather than dead yeah so instead he kisses her and then he which sends her off in a does boat. the exact which does the exact same thing as cure him so he didn't have to have sex with her yeah and yeah like again back to his morals he didn't take advantage of the situation because he did didn't feel he had the right to exactly which is something i really enjoyed about this it was great yeah. um but, uh, but at the so end, towards the end right when when they're on the ship genma and Juby are fighting genma gets his arm broken pretty pretty harsh pretty early on yeah but he's able to slice off Genma's arm and Genma just like walks over after he uh, beats the crap out of uh, Jubei some more <laughs> and just yeah. like plops his arm back on like it's uh, Legos. He's like, Boop, there we go. And you okay. see him like flex really hard. Yeah. And you can almost, it's kind of cool because if you pay attention, the, uh, the part that's still his body flexes for like a good mm, second or two and then the arm like ripples down to the fingertips where it flexes and then he's like, oh yeah, now it's back. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's a little that attention was out there. Nice. It's a little out there. I, I think we kind of skipped over why he was on a ship. So for some reason, they wanted to overthrow the government, and to do that, you need money. Somehow, some way, someone hit a crap ton of gold. Well, J- uh, um, Jube. Jube. And- found out uh, yeah. that in this particular town where uh, Genma and Genma's followers were, were secretly mining all this gold. Well, Jubei was not happy about it, and so it kind of created factions in between uh, Jubei's side and Genma's side, and then Jubei just obliterates and slaughters everyone and goes and kills Genma, and the gold is well, lost. He, he only obliterates everybody because they didn't give him a choice. True. Genma, that is very I think true. Genma was like the, the leader of that little thing he was. And he's like, hey, you got to kill this guy. And, and Jibei was like, you, you can't do that. This is wrong. Please don't make me fight you. And then, of course, they attack and he's got tears streaming down his face as he kills everybody. 
And as uh, uh, Genma is riding away, um, Jubei left a trap for him where he hopped out of the, the snow in front of the horse and lopped off his head. I have this question. His head chopped off. It's like we already yep. know that you can survive mm-hmm. and everything like that. Okay, he can walk yeah, over and pick up his arm. going for a good you know, If you field, chop whatever. off the head, right? Yep. If you chop off the head, does that yeah. mean you can telepathically still control the cells of your body? No, your no. See, what happened was, see, the head chopped off. The horse kept running. Like I said, about a football field. So he had to use his tongue and eat dirt and maybe horse shit while he rolled himself all the way to the body. So <laughs> for the record, none of this is, none, none of this is canon. I'm just... It's, we're, we're it's just nice making we're, we're taking liberties here. He uh, tongued <laughs> yeah. himself all the way up to the, where yeah, the horse yeah. is. And here's my other question, right? He probably was chewing his way up, using his mouth up, and then tongue the horse a little bit to get on the back, <laughs> just so that way he can tongue yeah. him his way over to his body, and then use his yeah. mouth on himself to get his head up back on there. Could you imagine if he got it backwards on accident? Uh, he probably like, would have just bitch. like chopped it off and <laughs> yeah, cho- chopped it and spun at the same time, <laughs> so it lands back. He's just <gasps> okay. We're you good. know that's probably why. That's there you go. Bro. There's the answer the to the sh- scar. He kept having <laughs> to chop his sc- head off and spin it. <laughs> He's like, this is the wrong angle. Crap. Okay, that's better. Almost there. Oh, oh man. But yeah. anyway, so they're fighting at the very end and, and they're on the ship and somehow, someway, fire breaks out because they, they explode the blowing up girl and the fire reaches the gold, which has apparently a stupidly low melting point. And there was so much gold on here, they create a molten river of gold mid-fire that somehow doesn't burn through the wood. Um, yeah, yep, yep. You know, logic. I mean, anyway. uh, well, to help you clarify the melting okay. point of gold, uh, it's just under 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit or oh, just oh, okay. over so, so can 1,000 degrees. That. Yeah, so just over 1,000 degrees Celsius, depending on your viewpoint and preference, Fahrenheit, Celsius. Um, yeah, okay, so so like a total campfire way past that normally. Right? Exactly. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, I mean, Again, like... Sarcasm hey, in case you... Wood, yeah, in case you can tell, wood. I mean, like, has a burning point of uh, far, far lower than that. So obviously, it can withstand it and not burn yeah, yeah. up that so, fast. So it makes know. sense. Um, but anyway, so the gold starts melting for some reason. They're fighting, and Jube jumps and catches himself and pulls himself onto a ledge that's a, basically another floor. And um, Genma is covered in gold. And now I'm thinking he's super shiny. He turned gold. Uh oh. Super Saiyan time. And yep. thankfully that didn't happen. <laughs> but he does jump up and grab his arm while he's in case, he grab uh, Jinbei's leg while he's encased in gold. Jinbei takes his good arm somehow, some way, who's he's able to pull himself up with his good arm and simultaneously swipe with his good arm, logic, and uh, chops his arm off again. Or chops again uh, arm off again. And he flows into the ocean. Now he flows with this river of gold. Jack, I think we need to go take a little trip to wherever this is to try to find that gold because that was a lot enough gold to set us up for three lifetimes um, three lifetimes each and then yeah I was going to say three lifetimes and a bunch of ex-wives yeah no kidding <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that the amount of gold on there was ridiculous it was yeah, like it, it, it was a little uh, it was a lot of control there was a couple tons there uh, there was more than just a couple of tons <laughs> I mean well, like I mean, a couple of tons would be like 
an understatement. I mean, like the amount there of gold that to was there. A river. There was, was enough, enough there to create, to a, river create and... a, a mansion out of pure gold. Yeah. A multi-story. It fit on a boat. Yep. <sighs> anyway, he goes down. Oh, 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 I almost forgot. Before this final fight even started, Genma had one of the most badass like orders I've ever heard. Bar none. So one of his underlings comes up and goes, the boat is on fire. We don't know what to do. We need an order. And he goes, tell everyone to abandon ship and I'll contact them later. Like it was not even in his in his thought process that this was not going to go like he was not going to survive this. Yeah. Well, I and mean, like he, when you're able to resurrect yourself, you know, why not? Well, I mean, I guess, but still that much confidence. You have no idea how many people are fighting on your ship attacking your guys. And you're just going to be like, I'll handle it. You go on, you go hide. I'll, I'll send for you later. So still kind of cool. Anyway, he loses, obviously, and gets <laughs> carted with, him with gold being, off uh, the side of the building. Yeah. So my the, other the question for you is now, is he really dead? Oh, yeah. They wolverine his ass. Is he? Yeah. I mean, is he? He has an opening. What? His, where his arm chopped, got chopped off. Yeah. It's not covered in gold anymore. That's true. That's true. That means he's going to bleed out or he's going to hold his breath or somehow convert water his into oxygen. Blood. He can control his blood to break away the gold. Can he though? Let's be honest here. Hey, like, with a super low melting point of gold, <laughs> all he yeah. has to do is make think sure. Real hard. Think real hard. Maybe pass some gas and he'll be there. I'm warm. I'm warm. I promise I'm warm. Is that an icicle? No, no, no. It's it's warm. I can do this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would say he drowned hard. Yeah. Never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So on a scale of a zero to tensor, how would you rate this? I would. Uh, hmm. Eight. 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 Uh, if, if we could do points, I'd go eight and a half because I'm, I'm, I'm teetering between eight and nine only because it's. It's a good movie. It's not the first time I've seen it. It's the first time I've seen it with eyes that understand a lot of crap that's going on. But it's it's got rewatch value. It's a lot like Akira, in my opinion. I could watch that two or three times a year and be fine and and, and not be tired of it. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with a seven. The reason why I'm going with a seven is because of the River of Gold, uh, the random scar, and other random aspects that I just had trouble getting past. Okay. Well, I mean, we should probably talk about the, the, the actual ending ending because that was the ending of the fight which is basically the ending ending because it, yeah, go, well I mean it goes for another five minutes where they I think they tie up loose ending so I'm trying to throw that in there so you can raise your score just a little bit it's not going to raise my score <laughs> well long story short he survived uh, Jinbei survives the thing and he takes a uh, memento from uh, the poison girl and wraps around a sword and walks off into the distance like I said that was basically the ending <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. Book ending right there. It, uh, although they're talking about a second one coming out. Uh, I hope They've been not. talking about it for the last 20 years, but they're talking about not. it. Yeah, I don't think they will. All right. Yeah. I mean, well, let's be honest here. You can't ever go wrong with an awesome swordsman. I mean, technically there is, but it's a there series. There is a way you can go wrong? No. Oh. I mean, like there is a sequel to it, but it's a series. Oh. It came out in 2003. Huh. I'll have to take a look at that then. Anyway, so mine's a seven and a half if I could, but a seven. And yours is an eight. Or seven. <laughs> yours is an eight. Yeah. Yours is a seven. Um, no, you said you no, no. You said yours was an eight. Uh, so you want to change it to a seven? No, no. I enjoyed it. it. I'm gonna go with eight. You're right. Okay. Eight. All right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise this score for okay. you. So seven for me, eight for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we actually ha I actually had received some feedback on uh, on one of the shows. Uh, right. Which it was one? about my neighbor Totoro. And so oh, we were talking one. about how 
we felt that it was a little weird that the father was bathing with the daughters. Yeah. Um, apparently that is still very much a thing even to this day and that it's not really? in, in Japan. It's actually not considered creepy at all. It's actually a standard practice to even be in your teens and 20s and still be really bathing or going to bed with your family. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 a little bit shocked by that. But I mean, so, yeah, that was I, interesting. I really it kind of threw me for a loop, kind of hit me uh, off to the. It's not something that I'm familiar with, but I mean, I yeah. guess it's one of those things. Don't knock it till you try it. But yeah, well, I, I don't really want to try careful. it. <laughs> careful. Careful. No, no, no. What I mean yeah, is like, no, it's a cultural no, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to think about it. Like it is. It is a very, very much a cultural thing. Families are and much more tight knit over there. People live a whole lot longer. So maybe they know something we don't. Maybe. Um, also, uh, the whole deal with the spirits and how I had made the comment about the father not reacting to the spirits or Totoro out there in the field. Yeah. Um, they actually believe wholeheartedly that spirits are around them and encompass them and are a part of their lives as well as former family members. And that if you were to actually leave the country, you would no longer be protected or blessed by your family. Really? Passed. Yes. Wow. So, so very, very much, very much uh, changing my outlook on that whole scene. Still would freak me out if I saw something big yeah. like that out there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was a uh, very interesting. Very good. I, I, I enjoyed the feedback. Um, and thank you for setting us straight in, in regards to both the spirits and the father bathing with the daughters um, and how that is actually very much a still a thing. Huh. I mean, it would make sense because I've seen other other shows that I, I'm currently watching where um, that's also a theme. I, I didn't realize it was. Uh... <laughs> ah, OK, wait, wait, wait. My first girlfriend was a gal. The one we just covered mm -hmm. that that actually happened where the, the pervert character was bathing in the men's bathroom because they're allowed to bring their daughters in. Yes. Yep. So that makes sense. Yeah. Bring, bring their daughters in of a lower age of a certain age. Yeah. Not just, yeah obviously. Yeah. So, so huh. all right. All right. Kind of cool. Broaden my horizons. Indeed. Indeed. It broadened mine too. So, so my good sir, next what week slice is, of life are you throwing at me next week? Uh, uh, do you want me to look at slice of life? So only, or? No, not particularly. I'd like to, I'd like to potentially take a break from that. All right. So next week uh, is my choice and we're going with my, wonderful random selection and it's going to be magical girl raising project it's a Ooh, action sounds like, sounds like one you've heard before uh sure <laughs> okay um came out in 2016 and it's an action fantasy magic supernatural so and oh. it's 12 episodes long so it's not too too long it's pretty short Okay. Um, and it is uh, rated MA, so rated mature. So oh. uh, yeah, not kind of what I, not what I was really expecting from a name like Magical Girl Raising Project, but uh, sure. So with a name like that, I was thinking it might be uh, like card captures. But when you when you said it has mature rating, I uh, I don't think mature rating goes with card captures. I mean, like it could. So. I mean, you know, I mean, like you want to get a little risque with a card capture. No, I do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, you don't want to. Mm -hmm. uh, don't want to be like that. That's cool. You know. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. All right, all right. Um, you know, honestly, I couldn't tell you what the rating was for Card Captor. I mean, like before it became a uh, televised. Before it became I, a kids show. Yeah, before well, you know, Pokemon a, used to be like a, a horror thing. Like it was for adults, and it was not. It was not nice. And there um, are some manga going on right now where, um, like, legit murder happens. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, have you actually read? 
like even in the games and the cards and everything like that, like, have you actually read? Oh, like, yeah. So the description? horrifying. Oh, yeah. I like, love it. Like Abra was a legit kid who woke up as a Pokemon. You're like, oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then a uh, drowsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Used to feed off. Of, it used to give people nightmares to feed off the emotion. That was just a lovely character concept. Yeah. So uh, I, I would definitely say that the story televised wise is good, um, but the actual in-depth details about it. Maybe eh, not G-rated. Maybe, maybe not, not kid-friendly. Maybe not. Maybe not kid-friendly. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, so I feel like this probably could end up being a adult version of Card Captor Sakura with sisters. Huh, interesting. Why not? Why not throw sisters in there? Um, <laughs> and, uh, anyways, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, if you enjoyed this longer form or if you uh, have any feedback or if you feel like we got something wrong, reach out to us. You can reach out to us uh, via email at featured anime podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at those anime guys. Um, we even have a voicemail link in the show notes and I even started up our discord server and the link for it will also be in the show notes. So feel free to drop in there and chat with us if you want until next time. I'm Jack and I'm Rick and we'll see you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better. Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.